Welcome to Inspiring Voices, the podcast inspired by IBM's executive search and integration team, showcasing diverse and influential leaders and their impact in the world. Today, I'm very excited and honored to welcome our next guest, Nicola Hudson, our IBM's Chief Executive for the UK and Ireland. Welcome, Nicola. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Nicola, you joined IBM at the start of the year, so you're still somewhat of a newcomer to the organization. Can you tell us a little bit about your hiring journey and what brought you to IBM? You know, there were three things that really attracted me to IBM. One is the incredible track record of innovation over many, many years. And IBM's been a big player in the UK market, the UK and Ireland market for for decades. And so that was the first thing and looked at all the innovation that's coming and and things around AI, quantum, et cetera, and really attracted by those. Second, great technology portfolio, obviously expanding with uh, recently announced acquisitions. And third, when you put all of that together with incredible industry capability that IBM Consulting brings to the table, I think you've got a real powerhouse and actually a set of capability that's unrivaled in the industry. I know something we've we've talked about before, but um, how would you describe the inclusive culture here at IBM? You know, I'd start by saying here that for me, culture is it's kind of what's written down, but it's also more importantly about what you experience every day and in every interaction. And so all of those moments create what you experience as an individual, uh, as as the culture of the organization. But, you know, I've been really, really impressed with a few things. One is the absolute desire and intent to make a difference to society. Mm. I think that's really important. Love what we do around skills build. I think it resonates super well in this market and, and beyond. And it's great to be able to make a contribution. I would say in terms of what we do around diversity, inclusion, equity is really strong as well. Uh, One of the best meetings, I've been here just over nine months, and one of the best meetings I've had so far was with our UKI BRG and communities groups. And uh, we had about 30 people in the room and a few dialed in as well. And these are not the executive community of of sort of BRG and, and community sponsors. It's the it's the teams who are doing the work. It was incredible. And um, firstly, we're all they were all learning from each other, and we were talking about what are the things that you've achieved this year as a as a group, and and what are the challenges, and what can leadership do to help you. And um, so they were all learning from each other, and we. Said so we definitely repeat the session, but you know it's really interesting for me to hear about some of the day-to-day challenges that people have. Just some of them, even finding safe ways to come to work. Mm. Uh, you know, we've obviously got world events that impact our people. We've got people who are parents and carers who have challenges, and so it it's uh, we've got a fantastic mental health brg one for military i don't want to leave anyone else but i won't la- la- label them all um here but you know the individual challenges that each of those groups faces and how we can support and help them i think is um is really important as a part of the culture i think you know trying to work with the team to continually improve that i think is really important and then you know, in terms of talent acquisition, we do a lot around culture. We make sure we've got good, diverse interviewers. We think carefully about the wording of the roles we put out. We work with any, you know, we're using internal headhunters to make sure 
we've got a proper cross-section of the population applying for those. Uh, and, then, and then we, we do a lot uh, around early professionals, both hiring them, retaining them, and then making sure that they, they grow as a community. So we do a lot with the universities here in UKI to bring in that community. We do a lot. I've been really, really impressed. And uh, it's something I'm personally committed to driving further. Yeah, I love that. And something I wanted to double click on too is just just to kind of get your perspective, especially around the importance of mentorship and how it's woven into the fabric of diversity and inclusion. It is woven in. I think there's more we need to do as leaders to make sure in one-on-ones that we're helping people to get a mentor if they don't have one. I'm also used to the concept of having a mentor and a sponsor. And sometimes a coach as well, or multiple coaches, depending who you are and what you find you. So I personally quite like having coach, a uh, coach or two coaches um, to, to support me. So I've been supported on my onboarding. I have a mentor. I went out and asked someone, would they mentor me? Uh, I find that relationship invaluable already. You know, it's incredibly supportive. It's good to bounce ideas. And it's good to learn learn from other people as well as you as you make your journey. So it's a part for me of particularly when you're in a new role, mm-hmm. how you build quickly for success in that role. And it's it's different when you you know what with any role move, especially if you go into a new company, and there's a lot to learn. And so they're they're super important things to me. And and as part of the culture, I think really good fabric for us to have. And I guess you know think about IBM. How has IBM set you up for success as a senior leader? And is it what you expected? And do you feel like IBM has has been really good at delivering upon that? You know, so far, so good. I would just say it's discombobulating to come into a new company. Uh, I was with my previous companies for 14 and a half years. And you know everything, you know, you know all the basics, like how do you get your expenses sorted out and (laughs) which app to use for what and all of those tactical administrative things. But you also know how to get decisions made. And that can be like more of a difficult thing to figure out in a new organization. So I think that's where, you know, which things can you challenge versus which things are not for you to challenge, but but they're in someone else's remit and you can highlight and push and, and advocate that they get changed. But, you know, which things are in your bailiwick to change? And, and finding that out, I think, is really important. So I have, uh, you know, I came into a great team. I have a great boss who's helped me to navigate and is there on hand if I need be. I have a mentor, as I said, who's helping me. Uh, and then the company gave me a success coach. Uh, as a coach who's just going to help me for the first six months or probably slightly the second six months in reality to get to get set up and make sure I'm focusing on the right things to land cleanly and successfully. So all of those things have been invaluable. And then you look at the team around you here in UKI, um, I would say everyone's been incredibly warm and welcoming. I had a good handover, great handover from Sri uh, Ram, who was in this role before me. I've had fantastic support from HR, finance and ops, uh, and then the sales team and managing directors and people, uh, our technology leader, our consulting leader here, have uh, been incredibly supportive. Um, and so, you know, you ca- it takes a village and, and I've had a village supporting me. Love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear that you had that support and and, um, and they've, they've brought you with welcoming arms. <laughs> Your passion for technology, engineering, and innovation is evident given the hyper-focus around hybrid cloud 
generative AI and quantum, where do you see or where would you like to see these areas be in the next five years? Yeah, look, it's really exciting, isn't it? But it's a moment in time and it's really, really important we capitalize on it quickly. I think IBM's got some unique offerings there. I think we've got, you know, absolutely the right things either on the truck or about to come onto the truck. And therefore, you know, being able to capitalize on that, being able to take technologies like that, that that represent the real engines of human progress. Uh, and I think offer fantastic opportunity for all of our clients and, and ourselves to do things more productively, to, to be as efficient as we possibly can, to create new opportunities, and to really sort of use those to drive business innovation, use those technology innovations to drive business innovation. So, you know, it's on the agenda in every single boardroom. Many clients are figuring out what to do, which use cases work best. And I think, you know, it really does offer the opportunity to overcome hurdles that that, that were there um, and to support growth in the economy, most importantly, because if the economy is growing, we all do well. Our companies do well. Our clients do well, etc. So, you know, there are some really good analyses that say AI can support economic growth not just in the startups world, but in bigger companies and then for, for clients as they adopt that technology. You know, it needs real skills in the channel to be able to adopt the technology. And so, you know, it's really important for us to build the momentum, to build enough partners who can implement the technology and do that well and to make sure that we can really sort of um, take a march in the, in the current climate. For the UK, by the way, um, AI, the Department of Science and Technology uh, has a, a team focused on artificial intelligence and they reckon it's got the potential to add £635 billion to the UK economy uh, right. over the next 10 or 12 years. So it's, it's a pretty big impact if we can make it happen. One of my passions, which is sustainability, uh, and companies are still in that phase of figuring out how do I set myself goals and then how do I make progress towards my goals? Some are still struggling with how to measure their um, uh, reduction in carbon, for example, and CO2. And so that that needs a lot of work. We've got some great solutions there. Probably two other things I should call out which are, are important. One is hybrid cloud. IBM's made a big bet on AI and, and hybrid cloud. I think they're absolutely the right bets. Pretty much every client we talk to is a hybrid cloud client. And then, of course, we've got the uh, the work that we do on quantum, which is hugely exciting. I'm a materials engineer by background. And so all of that's uh, super exciting for me to see the, you know, the incredible advantages in uh, in the technology and in the materials engineering that goes with it. Yeah, exciting times for sure. And it's uh, especially the quantum stuff. I get, I'm by no means a technologist, but I do get, get geeked out by it. So um, love to hear that. And I wanted to double click just on the comment you made about sustainability, obviously that being a, a, a big passion of yours, but can you tell me why it's so important to you and, and how do you feel bringing in this passion of yours around sustainability? How that is, how is that tying into your role today? as well as how you kind of see, you know, where IBM is headed uh, in that world? The science is inarguable. There is so much to do. Many of us look inside and think we want to leave the world in a better place than we found it. And uh, for, for future generations, you know, I have five kids, you know, three sons, two stepsons. Um, I want to leave a better world for them. 
And I think it's really important to think systemically and beyond generations for how do you go about that? And I also am really passionate that, you know, science, technology, engineering can help us find the right answers there. Um, and we can make very meaningful progress quickly. And so, yeah, I've been in the tech industry for a long time, but uh, my other passion is all around the energy industry, where I started my career, still on a board in that space. And I think, you know, we can do a lot to transform how we use and deliver sustainable energy as we go forward and how we, you know, how we take the right choices at the macro level and at the micro level as individuals. So yes, super passionate, really pleased IBM's in this space. Think we've got some really great technology that we can apply to the problem. And I'm sure we will continue to develop more innovation in that space. Yeah, and you 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 touched on this as just being a mom and a stepmom. I'm I'm actually we're, we're a blended family as well. I've got two stepsons, so very <laughs> very cool. But as a senior leader, how do you ensure and promote a healthy work to life balance? And and is there such a thing? Look, I think it takes effort, and I think the first job is to set that as one of your priorities because you kind of get what you focus on. And so you know, I've been quite resolute in making sure that I'm doing a great job at work and I'm staying super healthy because that helps me to do a better job and it also helps me to be a better human and it keeps me fitter and healthier for long. And, you know, at any level, any senior role, it can be very demanding on the brain and on the body. If you're traveling or you're doing long days, everyone's trying to catch up with their training and stuff to make sure they stay sharp. So it's really, really, really important to me. I do a few things. I set parameters for my day and I do my very best to stick within them. It doesn't always work, but but in the most part, um, I do. So, you know, if I've got a dinner one night, I try not to have a breakfast meeting at 7 a.m. the next morning. Just gives the brain a bit more switch off time. And then I do, I do two yoga sessions a week. It just helps with the mind-body connection. Most days when I'm fit and healthy, I do Pilates most evenings. I do some running, some walking, and then in winter, I like to ski, do a bit of tennis in the summer. So, you know, generally just being outdoors, breathing fresh air, being in nature uh, and getting that ability to sort of do some aerobic exercise to get out of breath. I think that's really important. We kind of forget that as we age. Um, <laughs> and so it's important to get out of breath uh, from time to time and then keep the sort of flexibility and, and suppleness. And then, you know, it would be wrong for me not to mention the other key components of making sure you're having a healthy diet. I really focus on that for myself and my family and wherever possible, eat fresh food, freshly prepared food rather than bought in. And then, you know, obviously plenty of fluids, plenty of water. I drink herbal teas in the main and, um, making sure as best you can get enough sleep. I always talk about it. I think it's important to set boundaries. I think it's really important to stay in balance. And I think it's important for me as a leader to A, acknowledge that and B, you know, make sure it's a message shared with everyone else. And then, you know, but one final thing, if it's not too lengthy a response, but it, it's incumbent on me not to, you know, where unless there's a something urgent or some kind of an emergency, not to impinge on people's weekends mm. as far as possible. Uh, so, you know, occasionally we have a client challenge that's important. We need to do that or, you know, work means that that's necessary. But as far as possible, 
I think it's important for people to just get some downtime, switch off and, and do things with their family and it helps them to be whole and it helps them to be healthier as well. You know, and obviously we, we draw from inspirations. Who, who's been your inspiration and why? I've got so many of them, but I'll, <laughs> I'll pick a few because um, I kind of take my role models from all different places. But, you know, my dad has been a real inspiration for me. When I was a very small child, and um, so this will date me, but we had an Encyclopedia Britannica and we used to sit on the floor and look at pictures of Concord. And I was, and then we used to go outside and spot Concord flying over and you know, I was really excited by the whole innovation space and how does that work and how can, you know, who built it and all of those things. So he was a real advocate for education. I was the first in my family to go to university, my extended family, that is. And he was a real advocate for that. I stayed on to do a PhD and he was a real advocate for that. And, you know, it's been incredible for me in my career um, as a basis and, you know, just helps keep the mind active and helps you want to learn and to be curious. So he was fantastic. I've worked for some incredible leaders in corporate life, by the way. Um, I started my career in the nuclear industry, a mm. bit of a departure to find myself here. But I worked for uh, my first, you know, super senior leader on the XCOM was a woman. And she was incredible. You know, she once said to me, hey, Here's, there's a great career opportunity for you, but always remember if you get stuck, you've got a hook on your head. And if you ever want me to pull it, just shout. And it was, it was incredible leadership because it gave me the courage to do something completely different and to know that I had a, you know, a sponsor in her, mm -hmm. uh, should I ever need it. And I worked for others. There was another brilliant guy in the nuclear industry who, uh, you know, plucked me with not great experience, but on the basis of, you know, the change I wanted to drive and the personal characteristics and put me in a role as a lead client partner for a massive strategy uh, review with Bain Consulting. I was very early in my career. It was a real gamble for him, but he taught me to take intentional bets on talent. Hmm. I've remembered it my entire career. He taught me how to really simplify communications to avoid management speak, just put things in lay terms that people can mm. understand. And, you know, he taught me how to collaborate, especially when you need to get things done to bring different stakeholders together and, and create a coalition for success. And he was the first person before I even got into sales to think to teach me about the yes set oh, nice. uh, in terms of how to get decisions. So many, many of them, but that's just an example of, of, of a few. And I guess, you know, thinking about obviously individuals and, you know, your really your career and your career path, was there a defining moment or catalyst that really puts you on the current your career journey that you are here today? I think there are multiples of them. I mean, if I wasn't here, I would have been a fashion designer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get these moments, don't you? I was at a very academic school and um, I was, I'm still quite creative and you have to find, you work hard to find your creative opportunities. Yeah. But I was encouraged towards maths and sciences because I was good at them. I was also good at the creative stuff, but I, you know, th that wasn't the thing to do in an academic school. And so that was a pivot point for me. Um, I, my school wanted me then to become a doctor. And at the time, I didn't want to spend that long at university. Mm -hmm. And I ended up spending six years there anyway. But by the by, uh, I thought, well, as a compromise, I'll, I'll do dentistry. It's shorter. 
Mm. And two weeks before I went to university, I went to spend the week with my father's friend who had a dental surgery and I absolutely hated it. I <laughs> honestly cannot tell you it was a real pivot point for me. Uh, and I almost didn't go to university because I was absolutely set that I didn't want to do that course. I did turn up. I did buy all the books and then I fronted up at the students union and said, I can't do this course. <laughs> and they sensibly said, what course do you want to do? So it's in the first three days. And they, uh, I, I did chemistry and materials science uh, and I loved it. And it was, uh, you know, I've enjoyed the sciences and engineering ever since. So, you know, there are pivot points. I think you've got to listen really hard to your heart and know what you want to do. The, the other pivot points for me, I monitor quite closely my energy levels. And so for me, you know, I'm all in or I'm not all in. Um, mm. And if I start to feel like I'm going off the boil energy wise, I do that with my daily life balance as well, by the way. But for career choices, mm -hmm. I'm normally noticing, am I losing my energy? Mm. Uh, do I need to therefore do something different? I don't think I give my best when my energy isn't sort of 100% mm. on. And so... I've typically made career changes when I feel my energy is waning and I'm not learning something new. And I think it's really important to, um, to, to stay with that. I mentioned I was in the nuclear industry earlier and I was there for nearly ten, like nine, 10 years, something like that. It was really hard for me to leave because it was, you know, it was like a family and uh, yeah. I knew everybody. I'd had super senior roles really early, lots of responsibility. And so when I came to leave, I left industry and went to management consulting. That mm. was a big pivot point. And then I left management consulting to go to technology. Uh, and that was another big pivot point. And then I, you, the others have been maybe less seismic and more sort of in the same direction. But I was very keen to get into tech just for the pace, the innovation, the energy. I love it. But I think it, staying tuned to your own energy level is is really important as you think about those pivot points. That's a great overview, and thank you for that. Because um, it does it does kind of lead me into this next question, which is really more of, you know, if you had to go back, you know, to your twenty one year old self and ask yourself, or even give the advice that you know you've you've gone through now today. But uh, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I'm, you know, <laughs> for my twenty one year old self, of course, terribly naive when you look back. But I think some of that naivety is quite kind of helpful because it it allows you to be a bit more sassy, a bit more pushy, mm -hmm. and to ask the, for the for the things you want. So I I would say, you know, get clear on what you want. Don't take no for an answer. People will tell you you can't do all sorts of things, and it's really really important to not listen to them. You know in your heart what you can do. So I would say just listen to your heart, listen to your head. Don't take no for an answer. And when you get that someone telling you you can't do something, just go inside and ask yourself, can I do that? And how am I going to do that? And um, I think for me, it's important to follow your passions and your energy. We talked a lot about that today, but making sure you sort of get connected with them and stay connected. It's easy to lose connection when very busy. And so uh, get connected with them and, and follow them through and, and take them forward. I would say as well, have a plan. I like to have a plan, even if it's only the next step or the next step and the one after that. I think that's important because you can spend your time in the current role, delivering the goods. Of course, you can't do the next role without being successful in 
the one you're in, and that's the primary focus. But also just to think about what transferable skills am I building in this role that will help me move to the next one. And then be be curious, learn, look sideways, look at different industries, take from different places great ideas. And, you know, that whole lateral thinking, I think it's very, very important to be able to take ideas from one place and port them to another. And therefore, you can, in our world, in IBM, you can better listen to what the clients are saying and then pull ideas together to help them solve problems, which, you know, really is then about applying technology to to their particular business problems. So they will be the thing. And then obviously find, I call it a pit crew, like a Formula One pit crew, but you know, just figure out who's in the pit crew and who's going to help you when you need a pit stop. Who are those people? You know, they're mentors, they're coaches, sponsors, often it's like a partner or, uh, you know, my my uh, assistant, my team here. Um, you know, you need that pit crew around you that can really help you to succeed. So that would be a, a big long list for my 21 year old self. <laughs> love it, love it. And it's great sound advice. Nicola, it's been such an, an honor to meet with you today and just to have this conversation. Thank you for just sharing your perspective and uh, super excited to see just your continued successes uh, in the UK and Ireland. And um, it's just a great, great uh, opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Voices. If you're a senior leader who is interested in learning more about our inclusive culture and leadership at IBM, please reach out to us via email at ibmexecsearch at ibm.com. That email again is ibmexecsearch at ibm.com. We can't wait to hear from you.